Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up, Disney is being sued by a former cast member for racial discrimination. A Disney chef has been nominated for a James Beard Award. And Tom Stagg's replacement has been named. Also, a little later on, Dustin and the team are going to talk about what would make the perfect Disney theme park. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 785 for the week of February 24th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, the birthday boy, John Magi, Kevin Close, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, and back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producer, Craig Williams, and Rhino Clavin. So... Uh, First of all, let's get it out of the way. Happy birthday, Mr. Magi. Thank you very much. uh, Thank you, Turned 50 years old on Saturday. did. And an airplane. You know, it it, it pisses me off because there's 10 weeks between... I'm 10 weeks older than John, and I look 10 years older. Um, Because he's only got a little bit of the gray. Just a little bit of the It's also because fat don't crack. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you guys had a great time out in Hawaii. We did. We had a really good time. time. I like how I got side eyes from Kevin on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had an incredible. It was a great trip. A lot of fun. It's still, the hard part is recovering from that flight. That flight is crazy. We got home at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. And by Sunday afternoon, John said to me, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be awake or asleep or what meal I'm supposed to be having. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a rough, it's a rough flight coming back. But... Such a great, such a great experience. So you did Alani and you did uh, the uh, Pride of America, the Norwegian cruise around the islands. So great vacation, awesome all the way around. Alani is incredible. We Just learned something this trip. I could stay on Oahu for two weeks. Yeah, easily. After the other islands, I've decided that the one I like the best is Oahu. That's exactly what I said too when I came back. Was that you know what I, I, I was I was happy to see the other islands. It was great to see the other islands, but. Oahu has a little of everything, and I just loved being on Oahu. Nothing against the other islands at all. I mean, they were beautiful, but I really like Oahu. And this cruise was great because there are places I never would have gotten to. Right. I never would have went to the big island, you know? So it was great to see that and experience that, but knowing now that I just want to go back to Alani. Exactly. Over and over and over again. (laughs) Exactly. I agree with you. And we traveled with Jeff and Val and Webmaster Kathy, so it was fun, too. It's a great great group of people to go with. It is fun. Yeah, we had a good time. All right. So uh, a couple things in housekeeping. Um, first, uh, I just want to clear something up. Uh, I've been getting a lot of emails and comments on our videos and on Facebook about uh, the 7 and 7. First of all, I want to thank everybody for the great feedback that we've been getting on it. You guys really enjoyed it. And it made me feel good because we put a lot of effort and a lot of work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, some of you may have misinterpreted what I said at the beginning of the 7 and 7 when I said we're not going to do it like this again. It does not mean we're not doing it again. We are. As a matter of fact, I'm planning the next round for uh, to go live uh, June, July time frame. Uh, how we do it is going to change in terms of the pre-production. Um, doing seven resorts in seven days is insane and I'm getting too old for this crap. <laughs> um, so instead, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of spread it out on our end in terms of how we, you know, when we go to the hotels, when we shoot, when we do that stuff, we're still going to put it up the way we did this time, every day a different resort. Um, some people uh, were a little put off by the fact this was all, uh, they were, these were all deluxes. Uh, most of these were ones that we had not gotten to on the yeah. last round. So that's why, you know, these were these were in there. Plus, it also depends on availability, what rooms I can get. And we're going to call it seven in five or six weeks. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> um, so the next round is coming up. It's going to be a mix of uh, moderates, uh, some uh, values. I think there's one 
or two uh, deluxes in there. So it's going to be a little bit more spread out the next one in terms of the categories. But we are absolutely doing another round. Again, the plan is, and this may change, but the plan is to put that up uh, live sometime in the June-July time frame. And then the uh, round after that will go up uh, probably October, November. So we are planning on doing two more of these this year. And we are going to cover all the Disney resorts uh, this year. That was the original plan back in uh, 2012 when we did it. To do or them 2013, um, to do them all in one year, we just we got through <laughs> most of them, just not all of them. So, and the idea is to do it every two years. So, we're going to do these this year. We'll not do them next year, and then do them again, and you know, ideally in 2017. So, they are still going to happen. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, I had mentioned previously that we were going to be doing our Disneyland seven and seven. Uh, we're going to be we're, we're going to be out in Disneyland next month. Those will be going up the end of May to co- uh, coincide with the beginning of the 60th anniversary. And people were saying, well, there aren't seven hotels. There aren't seven Disney-owned hotels in Disneyland. There are three that are owned by Disney and four Good Neighbor hotels, which is what we're going to be covering. So we're going to be getting a mix of on-site, off-site. But at Disneyland, the difference between on-site and off-site in terms of distance is about 20 feet. Right. So... <laughs> It's a little bit different, but that's going to be coming up. Uh, And while we're speaking about Disneyland, I want to remind everybody about the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, Broadcast live every Sunday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com. And uh, goes up onto iTunes on Monday. On this week's Disneyland edition, Michael Bowling's Windows on Main Street series returns in a big way as as he has an exclusive chat with Disney legend Raleigh Crump. Plus, Tony Spatel analyzes the two major parking areas at the Disneyland Resort and shares his thoughts about which is the most efficient option. Okay, there's a dichotomy (laughs) of segments. Tony Spatel picks up trash. (laughs) Michael Bowling interviews Yeah, Tony Spatel stalks the parking lots while uh, Michael Bowling interviews Disney legends. Um, Who's giving out those assignments? (laughs) Also, uh, every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com, The Trip with Jenny Lynn Knopp and Teresa Eccles. And every Thursday, live, 1 p.m., disunplugged.com, The Universal Show, hosted by Craig Williams, uh, with Julie Martin, Rhino Clavin, and Jenny Lynn Knopp. What are you talking about this week, uh, Craig? Uh... The biggest conference. Sorry, was attractive. I'm, I'm getting over stuff, I'm getting on stuff, something. Uh, the main topics coming up is the news this week, uh, especially just this morning. The uh, uh, Comcast CFO accidentally let it slip during the earnings call that uh, King Kong is officially coming to Universal Orlando. Yep. So that's the biggest thing we're probably going to spend the most time on, but we'll have a lot of stuff coming up. Okay, good. I will say I'm enjoying your blouse today, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> it's very patriotic. I was trying to am I trying to do that? Am I to understand you have brought illness into my realm? Uh, not illness. I it's really hot in Orlando right now, so I had to turn on the air conditioner for the first time in like a month, and all the dust just came through my house and really did not sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I get sick, <laughs> I'm coming for you. I know where you live. Okie dokie. Um, also, just turn the air conditioning on. I <laughs> uh, also wanted to mention to everybody, and we'll have a link to this in the show notes page, disunplugged.com. Um, we're going to be doing some more stuff with Q&A, so your feedback, your questions. Um, but also, we're adding this feature to our feedback form where right from your computer, you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, so no number to call into. You can just record it right there, and it comes right to us. We'll have a link to that on the show notes page. So start sending in your questions, comments, concerns, whatever else, and uh, they'll be included into upcoming shows in a manner which I will determine. <laughs> which you deem, you deem fit. Which, in which I deem appropriate. Um, I also want to announce that starting next week, we are going to be doing some additional simultaneous live broadcasts. We'll be broadcasting live via YouTube. And we will be broadcasting live via Mixler for audio. So um, we are not stopping live stream at all. Uh, You can continue to watch us live on live stream, but we will also be going out live 
on YouTube and Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. So you can sign up to follow us. Links to all that in the show notes page uh, again. So that's for folks who can't stop and watch the show. They can listen to it live? Correct. Oh, I think people will enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. If it's not feasible for them to watch live, but uh, they want to listen. Plus, uh, also from, especially from cell phones and things that are data limited, yeah. uh, listening it's is a lot, a, lot, le- a lot easier on your data plan than watching live. So... Yeah, in the same way, in the same way, your phone would use something like iTunes Radio or Pandora. If you can do that, you can do Mixler. Right, exactly. So, that is coming up. That will be. We've been testing that out for the last month, I think. Yeah. And uh, making sure that you know we kind of figure out how it works and how it works with our setup here and getting into the groove of it. Seems to be going pretty well. So. We'll be making it official next week. Okay. So anything else in housekeeping before we get to poll results? I have something. Yes. We have something new that's coming up that's going to be available at our Welcome Center. I don't know how to do this backwards. <laughs> this is our new flask, our Diz Unplugged branded flask. Our Diz, Diz brand. Boards branded flask. It is going to be twenty four ninety five plus tax, available at the Welcome Center. It's by a company called Clean Canteen. Very nice. We like it very much. Um, there's been some comments about the, we don't care exactly for the shininess of this first batch. Yeah. So maybe we'll change it for another batch. The next batch. batch will go matte. We'll go for a matte finish. But uh, visit us at the Diz Welcome Center, and you can purchase that for twenty four ninety five plus tax. And coming up in uh, probably about a month or so, everything available at the Welcome Center, we're going to make available online through an online store so you be cool. able to purchase stuff clean canteen wants our business <laughs> <laughs> including uh disboard shirts and some leftover uh, hashtag shirts and stuff like that oh, wow. all the shirts we have there uh the recent mugs we debuted a couple weeks ago and now this and then anything else we're working on a whole bunch of different products so hopefully they'll be available online soon awesome cool thank you john anything else for housekeeping all right, then let's get on to the poll results. Uh, last week, we asked you what you thought the best lobby uh, at Walt Disney World was. and uh, The Republicans? <laughs> oh, that was not, not the same lobby. Oh. Um, getting absolutely no love at all in this, uh, in this poll were the all-star resorts. Um, all three of them combined got three votes. Oh, wow. Out of almost 2,000 votes cast. Because it's pretty much um, a warehouse. And with, with all-star music getting no votes whatsoever. Um, Those lobbies look like they're made out of cardboard. They do. Me. They're like warehouses that they put cardboard. Well, I don't think. I think that's a little unnecessarily harsh. But, um, Sorry. Okay, shipping not, containers. Okay. As... Uh, uh, it should not come as any surprise the lobby that was the. Did you? I'm sorry, Dustin. You have these in the order I have them in the script. Yes. Okay. Um, the lobby with the most love was Wilderness Lodge Yay. at 33, um, percent followed fairly closely by Animal Kingdom Lodge mm-hmm. at 29, okay. percent uh, Grand Floridian at 15, percent and the Poly making a showing at 5.4, percent. Um, so, uh, you know, I I, I think it's. Obviously, the Peter Dominic uh, lobbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with those. Are the ones that uh, inspire the most most love, and I absolutely agree with them. I absolutely agree with them. I think uh, Wilderness Lodge, and it was funny because just you know this came about as a result of the seven and seven, and thinking about the impact these lobbies have on you when you go to stay at a resort and how important it actually is because it is your first impression, especially if it's your first time there. Your first impression of a hotel is is the lobby, and it does set the tone. And I started thinking back to other places I've been when I've walked into a hotel where the lobby was not impressive or was kind of dirty or just not well put together, and that really does have have make an impression. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting too that uh, the two top vote getters are also two of the most popular resorts. Overall, at Walt Disney World, Wilderness Lodge and Animal Kingdom Lodge. I wonder how Pop Century. I was going to say that. that's, a, that's a fun lobby. It is a fun lobby. Um, Pop, you know what? I didn't put it in here, but Pop Century I think got about uh, about two percent of the vote. It did of the values. Pop Century de- did the best. Mm. Um, I would imagine that. What was interesting though is that it was a tie um, between Port Orleans, Riverside. And Fort Wilderness. <laughs> See, which, ri- to oh, me, wow. Riverside That's is bizarre. this grand I think yeah. room. A great lobby. Yeah. yeah. Fort Wilderness have a 
It, well, it's it's, it's a room. It's yeah. A, it's like a yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's a room. I mean, it's really cute, but it's very tiny, and I don't think I've ever seen it. I've ever seen it. It's it's really. I was just really surprised by that. That you know, Fort that Wilderness and. Port Orleans Riverside tied. Yeah. yeah, when you um, go into Fort Wilderness, there's that big RV like check in drive through right. thing. And that's, then the building that's attached to that, the little hut that's, that's the a lobby? Yeah. yeah. That's the that lobby. was a restroom. That's where the ranger lived. I didn't realize that. So, as promised, I chose two names uh, at random uh, to win the $50 Disney gift card this week uh, Heather Humphreys and our good friend Skip Potter. How oh, cool. Came up. So both of you are going to be getting $50 Disney gift cards courtesy of the Diz Unplugged. Congratulations, and thank you both for participating. Thanks to everybody. Uh, we also did a poll last week that we'll get to the results uh, in a little while when uh, we started our Disney food fight yeah. between Dole Whip and Mickey Bar. We'll have the results of that later. And that'll be coming up in a little and bit. And I just wanted to say Jumbo Skip. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. Um, that'll do it for housekeeping. We'll move on to the news. All right. Uh, our first news story, I believe, is a punishment for me for going away for two weeks. <laughs> That's why we're having, having me read it. Uh, former Disney cast members suing Disney for racial discrimination. It was a slow news week. Yeah. A former Walt Disney World employee is suing the company, saying that she was racially discriminated against by white employees who criticized her hair and high heels. Monica Shaw worked as a, con a contract administrator from late 2012 to February 2014 and claims that she followed Disney's dress code, a policy, no policy known as the Disney look. She alleges that she asked supervisors why she was being treated differently than co-workers and was given no warning of her termination. She says she was not told, quote, it is nothing you have, I'm sorry, she said she was told Quote, it is nothing you have done wrong, end quote. Shaw says an executive claims she was not following the dress code, wearing what they called, quote, spiked pumps, though Shaw saw, says they fell within the guidelines. I'm going to skip that next thing because that didn't make any sense to me. Okay. Marilyn Waters, a company spokeswoman, said, quote, we have not been formally served with the lawsuit and will respond to the allegations in court once served. Disney's official dress policy states that the Disney look, quote, is a classic look that is clean, natural, polished, and professional, and avoids cutting-edge trends or extreme styles. Female cast members' hair should be neatly combed and arranged in a classic, easy-to-maintain style. Extreme styles are not permitted. If only cutting-edge trends or extreme styles, that, that restriction was put on some of the marketing. <laughs> um, that would be well, nice. Which race claims high heels? What's that? Which race claims high heels? She was racially discriminated because she had on high heels? Mm -hmm. I don't think saying I that She was saying also that her co-workers who were wearing very similar shoes were not. Oh. Uh, she had a whole long list of complaints. Yeah, I missed that. Shaw's job duties were to make copies, answer the phone, and escort guests. In the suit, she also says that her cubicle was smaller than that of white cast members, and she didn't have a printer though printing was part of her job duties. She says that her white co-workers, quote, asked her if she ate chitlins, made jokes about African bees, and asked her if a roach crawled in her ear when she was oh absent God. for an ear oh infection. What? <laughs> Is that even a racial slur? According to Orlando Sentinel, she, quote, filed a grievance with the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission and received a notice of right to sue dated November 7th, where the EEOC stated that it was unable to conclude that there were violations of federal law. Wow. You know, I don't have a printer. <laughs> <laughs> well, did she have a stapler? That's what it's about. Never had a stapler. Well, when well, she filed that complaint, everything was, like, white in parentheses, so I felt like after I read it, like anything I wrote, I needed to put white in parentheses it's like she, she, I, I get that maybe she had issues but the thing she documented it to me it looked like she was looking well, for something I think I think the important the important thing from my standpoint in terms of even commenting on a story like this is that there is no way I can understand or appreciate what African Americans go through oh, in definitely. terms of discrimination um, some things that sound crazy to me because I've never, you know, we, we base things on our own experience. Right. If we can relate to it somehow, then we can understand it. 
And I just don't think that it's possible, you know, even as a gay man and some of the things I've dealt with there, I don't think it's possible for me to understand that enough to be able to make a comment on whether any of this is legitimate. Um, and I think that's the problem. I think a lot of times white people comment on racial discrimination and they're not doing it from a bad, you know, a negative place per se, but they're basing it on their own experiences and they can't because unless you have lived your life as a black person, you can understand what that is really like uh, for, for people in that community. So I don't know. I Do people who make copies get health insurance? Because I think that would be a good job. I could do that. I, here's what strikes me as odd. If you are not wearing the appropriate clothes, if you're not looking the Disney look, you get warnings. Mm -hmm. And you are told what you're doing is not part right. of the Disney look, and you must change the way you look. And mm -hmm. So I find it hard to believe that they just let her go because of her look. Unless there's documentation that says all along that she has been told mm -hmm. you're not dressing appropriately, you're not wearing your hair appropriately, because as being someone who worked for Disney, I've seen it happen. Where they've gone to people. And I said, was I was working there when they first initiated the the new beard policy, and I was the first person in my area to uh, try to get a beard going, and um, they were very communicative with me and understanding but trying to work with me and did nothing but communicate with me through the, the whole process never once did I feel like I was going to be fired on the spot because of that right. I felt like I always had the chance to like go home and shave if, if that really came down to it she also wasn't a cast member I don't know if you she was a contract employee, right. which, again, f falls under a complete different set of rules and guidelines. Still, I don't buy the fact that Disney just said one day, we don't like the way right. you're dressed. You're going Yeah, home. I mean, just historically speaking, I, I think Disney, Disney's track record on, on, on diversity, and especially in the workplace, it's something they're very focused on. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, that has, to be, that has to be taken into account. But I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. You know, what a judge en ends up saying. All right, our second news story. Disney chef nominated for James Beard Award. A spotlight is again on Orlando's culinary scene thanks to several local chefs. The James Beard Foundation on February 18th released the list of semifinalists for the 2015 James Beard Awards, and four Central Florida chefs are up for the best chef in the South. The James Beard Awards are considered the Academy Awards of Restaurants, Oh, is someone going to wear that John Travolta necklace thing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> touch your face. <laughs> touch my face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got that from Gold by the Inch on a Disney Cruise Line. But I'm not really sure. The James Beard Awards are considered the Academy Awards of Restaurants, Chefs, and Food Professionals, and winners are selected from thousands of, en of entries. The local semifinalists include Kathleen Blake from the Rusty Spoon in Orlando, James and Julie Petrakis, the ravenous pig in Winter Park. Very popular restaurant. Which we've been to and loved. Scott Hunnell of Victorian, Albert, Victorian Alberts at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa in Lake Buena Vista. Oh, cool. The 2015 James Beard Awards Gala will be held at the Link Opera of Chicago. Lyric. What did I say? Link. Oh. Tutus. <laughs> the Lyric Opera of Chicago on Monday, May 4th. Um, this is great, and I yeah. think he deserves it. I mean, didn't he just get... He gets some other award, too. Recently, yeah. Recently got triple A's, diamond... Yeah, it was something. something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. the James Beard Award, I mean, that's... That's a big that's deal. That's a big deal. That is a very big deal. That makes, that makes careers. I mean, you're a James Beard Award winner. You pretty much write your mm -hmm. own ticket. Um, and a lot of big celebrity chefs, that's how they got their start. They got, they got a James Beard Award and, you know, that and the Michelin star. Um, those are the things that, you know, are most coveted in the culinary world. So, um, I, and it seems like, it seems like Central Florida is getting more and more recognition in these areas. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was the Michelin star. He might've gotten a Michelin star. Maybe. Um, but it seems like the C Central Florida is getting a lot more recognition in this area uh, than... Have you ever been to the Ravenous Pig? No, I have. It's really good. We have. Rusty Spoon, too. They're both. Really I haven't good. been to Rusty Spoon yet, but yeah, Ravenous Pig is Are very good. Are they both good. Winter Park? Uh, I think the Rusty Spoon is in downtown on Church Street. Yeah. But yeah, some, some good. Uh, 
Some good stuff there. Cool. Good for him. And our final news story, Bob Chepek to run parks and resorts. Bob Chepek, I don't know if that's how he pronounced his name, has been named chairman Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, replacing Tom Stagg. This is scaring me. Who was recently promoted as the company's chief operating officer. Chepek is a 22-year veteran of the Walt Disney Company, most recently serving as president of Disney Consumer Products, driving a technology-led transformation of the company's consumer products, retail, and publishing operations. Okay, hold on. Just stop there for a second. (laughs) This tells us all we need to know about what direction the parks are going to go in. They didn't pick somebody from operations. They picked somebody from consumer, consumer marketing. So... You know, we've been talking about a lot lately the 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 influx of frozen merchandise onto everything. They have now, in my opinion, codified this as standard operating procedure moving forward by choosing this man to run parks and resorts. This guy is going to be just be looking for every place he can slap a brand on something. Oh, geez. Um, and it's not going to be limited now to just the theme parks because now it's going to be the resorts. It's going to be everything that he can touch, which includes Cruise Line. Um, And I think this, I honestly think this does not bode well for the future. I was really hoping it was going to be somebody with more operational experience. Yeah. uh, Somebody who understood how the parks work, the resorts work, and wasn't going to be looking at everything. Not that the marketing lens isn't very important. It has to be. It's a business. And I get that. But there has to be a balance sometimes with that stuff. Right now, that balance does not exist. I was hoping whoever was chosen for this role might bring some of that in. And I don't think this guy is it. I don't think this guy is it. I would have loved to have seen somebody who was already in parks and resorts, perhaps one of the vice presidents or presidents uh, mo- moving their, uh, their way up. Do you... Do you feel like uh, consumer products over the last couple of years has gotten better, though? Do you feel like this person, if, if, if that is so, if they've gotten better in, c- in consumer well, products? Here's, that here's the problem. I was, in, I was in the Magic Kingdom with my family on Sunday. And here's what I notice. There's a lot of focus on the marketing and the consumer products and that stuff. Okay, great. I get it. Why are the bathrooms so filthy? Why are the bathrooms so filthy? Why can I not? You know, it used to be when I had to go to the bathroom and I was in the Magic Kingdom or I was anywhere in Disney World, you know, automatically my expectation was this is going to be clean Mm -hmm. because it always was. And now I swear to God, when I know I got to go to the bathroom, I'm like, what am I walking into? (laughs) And invariably I am walking into a filthy bathroom. I'm walking into a bathroom that oftentimes oftentimes looks like what I would expect at a bus station. Why have they let things like this go? Because they got rid of the cleaning lady. They got. <laughs> <laughs> Why have they let things like this go? You, you remember it used to be about the guest experience mm-hmm. and about you could eat off the floors in those bathrooms. And the whole experience, all the public spaces were always immaculate. That has gone out the window. That has gone out the window. And, but all these resources, time, money, effort being put into consumer marketing and into the branding. And I'd be fine, I'd be more okay with that if these other things that built the legacy, that built the name and built the brand were being paid attention to. But they're not. And let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. I remember, I forgot when it was a few months ago, I posted something on Facebook about the bathrooms and the number of people that responded with, yep, last time I was there, bathrooms were filthy, bathrooms were filthy. It's just, it's, oh, it's becoming a different experience. They are absolutely getting away from some of the cornerstone things that made the brand great. Especially, you know, I defend the $105 ticket because the market will bear it. That's why it's $105. The market will pay it. But I will not defend obvious gross negligence like this. Dirty theme parks. If I want a dirty theme park, I'll go to a Six Flags and I'll pay a lot less for the experience. 
But, you know, and so, like I said, when I saw this, I'm like, guess what? Get used to a lot more dirty bathrooms. Get used to a lot more disinterested and disengaged cast members. Get used to a lot more temporary help. Get used to a lot less focus on the guest experience and a lot more focus on what we can slap Frozen onto or whatever the next big hit's going to be. And that's my problem with this. We were at Hollywood Studios last week, and I thought Katie was going to have a stroke for seeing all the stuff that was on the ground, like popcorn and pieces of paper. And it's like, you didn't used to see that. Never. Either. And it was like, wasn't just in one area. It was the whole park. I noticed the bathrooms when we were potty training um, our kids, because you get really close to some of these these toilets (laughs) when you're potty training kids. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm just... Trying to keep them as far away. I mean, I'd do that anyway, but I really noticed how, how dirty they were. Yeah, they're filthy. They're filthy. I think the thing that surprises me is we hear about um, Magic Bands trying to fit more people in the park. We have better crowd control. We have better, you know, we can send people in different directions. This is going to allow us to, you know, put cast members where we want. Well, unless you have more cast members, things are going to fail. Things are going to suffer because of having more people in the park. It takes more cast members to keep that many people moving in the right direction. And cast members focused on the right things. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we have, you know, things are going to slide. And I think that that's what we're seeing. It just, I, I got to be honest, it was, I was so angry Sunday. Not only that, you know, but you walk into the park and what's the first thing you see? There's another crane over the yep. castle. Yep. Because it seems like every other time I go in there, I'm looking at at cranes and construction and saying to myself, okay, I'll defend the 105 bucks, but when are you going to start really getting back to paying attention to the guest experience? But you know what? You don't even hear them mention that anymore. It used to be, you know, this is what we're trying to do for you, and now it, it... They've gotten away from it. They don't care. They They don't care about the guest experience. Well, it used to be that any kind of construction or anything was done at night. You never saw any of that. Yeah, I I had family um, who was visiting from out of town on Saturday. We went to Animal Kingdom, and I haven't been there since they started any construction, the tree or Avatar or whatever it is they're doing. And uh, it's terrible. You can't – there's a wall everywhere in the park, and now they're splitting traffic. So if you're going one way, you can only go on one side. You can go on the other side. And my aunt didn't – like understand it, she just was really surprised because she's an avid disney person they come every two years but i could hear like the the saws going off every few minutes and i, I heard your like voice in my head at one point too because the restrooms the same thing every time every one i went into i was just like putting my hands in my shirt don't want to so you know. right now that makes three out of the four theme parks are construction. the only one that really you can get a a, a somewhat flawless experience out of mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of walking around in the construction wow and that, you know, I, I, um, I, I know that when the construction is done, this stuff is going to look great. You know, remember when, you know, fantasy, New Fantasyland, the walls were up. And, you know, when they bring the walls down and they're finished, they do an amazing job. There's no question about that. Same thing with Disney Springs. I have no doubt in my mind that when the construction is finished and this is open, it's going to be amazing. And I'm so looking forward to Avatar, Avatar Land. Um, I think the expansion of the hub is going to be really important and help manage crowds a lot better. I'm all for this stuff. I'm just not for all of it at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay? I'm just not for all of it at the same time. You've got And why is it taking so long to do this stuff? Because these are, these are projects that are in your way. It's not like they're building a building off you know, back in, like, like at Epcot. Fantasyland was, right. Right. Fantasyland was out of the way. Exactly. And at Epcot, with the new building for Frozen, that's in the background. Mm-hmm. It's not going to block your experience, whereas all these other projects are really blocking the guest yeah, experience. Animal Kingdom is just, you can't see the tree anywhere except for one spot. And it was just like, I couldn't believe how much is going on at once there. It's basically like, why even, why go? Like, and she had a one park, one day ticket. And I was like, so, don't yeah. waste the money. Yeah, so the new the new song. The new song that Disney will be releasing uh, is uh, When You Wish Upon a Crane. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, So, you know, good on them. All right. I I don't think I have anything left to say. (laughs) It's all been said. That'll do it for the news. All right. There is one other thing I just want to bring up real quick. Um, For those who watched the Oscar, the Oscars this Sunday, um, it was quite a big surprise that Big Hero 6 took Best Animated Feature because uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 was the one that was winning everything in the run-up 
to the Oscars. So it was kind of assumed that they were going to take that, especially because Jeffrey Katzenberg was spending so much money uh, and putting so much effort into the campaign for it to win. It was fun to watch how excited they were. They were really excited because they weren't expecting to win. Uh, it also won best uh, Walt Disney Studios also won for best animated short for the uh, the animated short feast. Um, now this is the second year in a row Walt Disney Animation has won the Oscar for best animated feature last year. Of course, it was Frozen, and it makes me wonder: Are we coming into the next golden age of animation uh, with from from Disney, not from Pixar? Even though Disney owns Pixar, I consider them still two very different things. And it seems like something new and exciting is starting to happen. I feel like not only starting with Frozen, but Tangled before it, you know, yeah. Tangled, Frozen and Big Hero 6 are the closest thing that Disney has done in a long time to what Pixar is able to do, which is create not only these gorgeous looking films, but something with real emotion and real humor mm-hmm. and real story. I was just going to well, say the difference is the storytelling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even back further, I even think Lilo and Stitch did it. Right. Lilo and Stitch was something that looked like nothing else that Disney had done. But, but that it was, was this, kind of just lost. That in was the middle the end, of yeah, other stuff. That was the, that was like the beginning of the dark period <laughs> um, in terms for Disney animation, and they kind of gutted it. And now they're bringing it back again. And I got to be honest, it's very exciting. I still haven't seen Big Hero Six. I got to see it. It comes out today. Twenty yep. fourth. Yeah, I have to tell you. This oh no, is, I've had it. I've had it available on on, no, on DVD. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Blu-ray. We saw it on the ship. Yeah. And I think besides being an enjoyable movie, I went in with no expectations. I, had, I thought Big Hero 6 was like the Avengers. I thought it was six people. <laughs> um, not only did I enjoy the movie and find that there was humor in it for every age, we sat in a theater on the ship, four or five adults, and the theater was filled with kids. And I enjoyed the movie more because of their level of enjoyment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Their laughter and their involvement made it even even better movie. So, um, you know, I was re- really excited by that because I, you know, sitting there watching the Oscars and figuring it was going to be How to Train Your Dragon. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm definitely pro-Disney in that battle between Disney and DreamWorks. Uh, there's a lot of bad blood there with Jeffrey Katzenberg. But I, uh, I was so excited when Big Hero 6 won. It was really out of left field because I, I loved Big Hero 6. I think it is of the new renaissance that's happening over again. Go Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, blah, oh, blah, blah. I, Big Hero 6 is my favorite of all of them, oh, but yeah. How to Train Your Dragon 2 was also an incredible movie. The only thing that I don't understand about that franchise is that they get Irish actors like uh, Craig Ferguson and Gerard Butler to do the voices of adults, but then they have normal Americans and Canadians doing the voices of all the kids, so it doesn't really line up. That's the kind of oversights that DreamWorks always puts into their movies that just don't quite make sense. And that's why I think Big Hero 6 beat it in the long run is because of little things like that. Like how Shrek is Scottish, but Donkey is clearly not Scottish? Exactly. Just little things. <laughs> DreamWorks always doesn't think about that. Well, the uh, the other thing, too, is that um, what they said is that if uh, the Lego movie had been nominated, because that was considered a very big, that was like oh, the yeah. biggest snub of the season, yep. was that the Lego movie didn't get nominated, and if it had, it would have beat them both. Probably. But uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. The Oscars, I, I, you know, I was reading, I forgot, I think it might have been in the New York Times, that they were saying that the reason it didn't get nominated was because only people from the animation community are, 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 uh, are, are voting on who gets nominated, and they don't consider what they're doing with the Lego movie to be quote-unquote true animation. Huh. Which I don't think is fair. It's stop yeah. motion, just it, like it's coral. not stop motion. Oh, it's not. It's it. It was made to look like that, but it's all computer, and it was directed by two live action film directors. Like there's things, and it does have live action portions. Yeah, at the end. Like, but, but I was talking about this the other day too. That like I think Happy Feet had been nominated or something. But and there's a good chunk of that movie that's live action too. Like I'm, that movie was terrible. But like. I don't. I didn't understand. I couldn't understand. I don't understand the rules of the Academy Awards anymore. They get more and more complicated every year. It's impossible to understand. If Box Trolls got the nomination, Lego Movie should have got the nomination. Now, I, I think it's that, that was politics, but yeah. nonetheless, nonetheless, in a head-to-head matchup with How to Train Your Dragon, which, like I said, was winning a lot of awards, uh, Big Hero Six won, and I'm really hoping that we are watching uh, 
as Craig said, a renaissance or a new golden age of Disney animation because yeah. the last one was so phenomenal. Well, you know, brought us The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. Um, so I really hope that's, you know, that's what we're coming into here. So, all right. With that, we are going to move on and we're going to talk about the results of our Disney Food Fight series from last week. We asked the question, which do you prefer? A Mickey bar or a Dole Whip? John and Kevin, you weren't here last week. Which do you prefer? Oh, comparing I'm diabetic, I don't need either one. <laughs> comparing these two things, definitely the Mickey bar. Mickey bar. I hate the Dole Whip. Oh, I, I think the Mickey bar egg. is better, but I am, I voiced this opinion in the past. I think the Mickey bar tastes better because you're eating it in Walt Disney World. Right. Mm-hmm. I could give you a Nestle's Crunch bar and it would be good yeah. <laughs> if you're walking down Main Street eating it. Well, 2,100 responses. Almost 2,100 responses. And there was a clear winner, and it was Dole Whip, 60% to 40%. Okay, good. Um, I'm I'm Team Mickey Bar. I'm Team Dole Whip. Dole Whip. Um, For life. But uh, uh, I I thought it was interesting how much uh, interest it generated. Uh, Now, these polls uh, that we do with the Disney Food Fight, and we're going to be doing more of them, uh, these are going to remain up. These are not closed, so people can continue to vote. We're eventually going to have a section of the site dedicated to nothing but... Disney Food Fight, and we're going to have another one uh, next week. So with that, we will move on to Rapid Fire, and we will start with you, birthday boy. All right. Uh, Mine is that Disney's booking offer for Alani has been extended until April 30th, 2015. You can save up to 30% on an Alani vacation uh, for most nights, April 6th through June 15th. 2015. Here's the deal. If you have not been to Alani, you must go. You have to go. Mortgage yeah. your house, sell your children. <laughs> this is the vacation you have to take. Or sell your house and mortgage your children. I mean, you can do it either way. <laughs> mortgage your children? No one told me you could do that. This, this is an, an incredible, incredible vacation. I don't care if you think that you're going to lose out on a on a park vacation. It has everything you can... has the same level of engagement as you would going to a theme park. You have an entire it island is, at your disposal. It is yeah. the best Disney resort in the it world really that I've been to anyway. Yep. Um, it is the best Disney resort I've ever experienced. And it's not even close. You know, we talked uh, talked earlier about, you know, what happened to cleanliness, what happened to service, right. what happened to... They're all alive, well, and living on they Oahu. They moved to Hawaii. Hawaii uh, at Olani. Um, and it's that it's that same... And they because they have to do it there... Because there's no theme park to fall back on. There's no, there, you know, the cheese stands alone out in Alani. There's nothing else Disney out there to drive traffic. They have to hold their own against the JW against Marriott, the Ritz Carlton. Star, true, exactly luxury accommodation. I have to and, tell you something. And they I do. haven't been excited. Uh, we used to come to Disney World all the time. We've talked about this before, and we used to plot and plan how we were going to come back to Disney World. We just traveled with some friends, and we've all decided this has to become a yearly event. I know. I'm trying to figure out when I'm going back. I've been trying to figure out, like, timing-wise, when, when I can get back out to Alani. Because okay, we were there in February, and we found the water a little chilly. Right. We thought we were going to go a little bit later next year, but other than that, you must go. Write to me, john at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and we'll see about getting you to a trip to Alani. Awesome. Kevin? Uh, I have some interesting news. Royal Caribbean has announced their third Oasis-class ship. The Harmony of the Seas. I was surprised by this. I, I was too. It's, I was surprised with the Quantum and the Anthem being so new that they've already announced another new show. Right. And it's going to be the Oasis class, which we love. And it's going to be the Harmony of the Seas. And it will be released. It will set sail. What's the right word? Um, April 16th. Can you April, put that, April 2016. Can you put that graphic back up? Looks like you've got two water slides. Oh, yeah. So they're they, Disney. They are. <laughs> so there's no zip line on this? I have been saying it for ages. Um, Royal Caribbean is going after Disney directly. Yes. And that is why at some point they're going to have to dock this bad boy somewhere. And they're going to dock it at Port Canaveral. It's why they built that big terminal. I actually think we're going to get the Oasis. You think we're going to get the Oasis? We're going to get one of them. I I think this will be in a bigger port. I think this will be Miami or Fort Lauderdale, a busier port. And I think the Oasis, I think they're going to send the Freedom someplace else. That's my opinion. That's a guess. Could could Um, be. I I agree. They're going head-to-head with Disney on all aspects. They they partnered with DreamWorks. You want to see them how to train your lizard to (laughs) things? You can find them there, Craig. Uh, (laughs) 
I have another rumor that I just heard this morning. Steven Biel- uh, I understand that Steven Spielberg has suggested that if Chris Pratt will reboot the Raiders of the Lost Ark franchise, he'll direct. Oh, wow. Well, okay. That's something I read online, so I don't know yeah. if it's true or not. No, Chris Pratt addressed it on Sunday as well, and he was just saying that nothing was official. He would love the idea. It would be a big responsibility, but he would be into it. So, it's, you know. Dustin, Dustin, what, what's happening? Stop making... Stop ruining my childhood. <laughs> Stop... <laughs> Th- you know, you can't do it with Harrison Ford again. It's Raiders of the, you know, assisted living home. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Walker. <laughs> I mean, we love Harrison Ford, but memory. the last time he was in that movie and they knocked him over in the refrigerator, all yeah. I worried about was, is Harrison Ford okay? <laughs> Are his hips okay? There's a, if you haven't heard, there's a great bit that Patton Oswalt does about him, if he had a time machine and he could meet George Lucas, and, and, uh, and what he would say to him about making the prequels, you can try to look it up online. The same applies for this stop stop messing with indiana jones uh well big bang theory said i i watch these in order because i want to let george lucas disappoint me in the order in which he chooses <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you kevin kathy uh animal kingdoms uh backstage safari is going away at the end of the month and starting march 1st they're coming out with backstage tales it's going to be behind the scenes tales and tales mm. And they're going to... I'm assuming that's T-A-L-E-S and yes. T-A-I-L-S. Yes. Okay. They're going to tell you stories, and they're gonna, you're going to get to see animal tales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the price is going from... And the, tag, the tagline's going to be, come get some tail at Animal Kingdom, right? <laughs> yes. And the price used to be seventy six sixty eight. It's now going up to $90. Jeez. Um, you're going to get to... Um, see the innovative ways that they're uh, doing conservation, animal nutrition. You're going to get to see how they use more than three tons of food a day and how they distribute it. it sounds really gripping. Uh, <laughs> wow. Tour the, tour the state of the art veterinary hospital. Now that would be cool. And they're going to um, you're going to go by the administration building, and they're going to show you how they promote global wildlife conservation. So. Okay, I'll have to do that. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I love okay. how Kevin pretends to not hear John's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> bucks for bucks. <laughs> All right, thank you, Kathy. Corey. Uh, Disney released some new drinks they're going to have at this year's Flower and Garden Festival. Um, bear with me on this one. The first one is La Tizana at the Botanas Botanico is described by the Disney Parks blog as a Venezuelan-influenced fruit punch made with orange juice, lime juice, banana puree, grenadine, garnished with a tropical fruit medley of diced pineapple, mango, strawberries, and oranges. You can add rum liqueur Mm. if you want to make it an alcoholic version. Then the next one is the Urban Mary at Urban Farm Eats. Um, It's pretty much a Bloody Mary. It's a tomato beverage made with spicy tomato juice, lime juice, Worcestershire sauce, Garnished with a pickled green bean and microgreens. A shot of vodka can be added as well. And then there's the... As you do. Well, you know, <laughs> two shots. The, uh, then there's the uh, maple bacon stout will be offered uh, from Ship, Shipyard Brewery mm. Company. And this craft... Uh, that's, beer, maple, that's a maple steak. Uh, a maple bacon stout. Maple bacon stout. So it's a beer. I, I'll try it. I probably won't like it. Uh, this will be served at the Smokehouse. Uh, barbecues and brews, barbecue and brews. They better have that maple bacon cupcake again. I'm sure that they will. Was, it's a fan favorite. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I doubt they're going to take off the popular items. And the last one's an ice pop. It'll be served at Fleur de Lis in France, which is a pe- peach iced tea, Grand Marnier, peach raspberry, and vodka. So. Mm. I'll try all of them. And what a surprise, Corey focused on the alcohol. <laughs> I do like the first two you can get with, uh, with non-alcohol, too, so you can, if you're not into that. I'll have mine with non-alcohol, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, Corey. Dustin. Yes, I have some uh, new information and artwork released uh, for Star Wars Weekends 2015. We've already gotten some information uh, throughout the year about Star Wars Weekends this year, and we've also done some speculating about whether or not you know, certain information will be released about the new films. Will they do that at Star Wars Celebration and stuff? But here are some of the facts that we have now. Um, James Arnold Taylor, um, who is, I believe he's the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi on the animated versions of the, the different Star Wars shows that they do, he'll return as the host of the stars of the saga talk show in the theater of the stars 
on Sunset Boulevard, and Darth Small will move to a new location. Darth Small. Darth. <laughs> new word. Small. Oh, I thought it was a tiny, tiny Darth. <laughs> Darth Small. <laughs> the place that you... It's a new, new character. Darth Small. <laughs> the place you get your merchandise. Uh, Darth's Mall will be moving to... <laughs> See, said it again. Now, now you've made Dustin pronounce the punctuation. <laughs> well, that's the way you did it, Darth's New word, mall. <laughs> it's going to move to a location near Streets of America, and the reason they're doing that is because of the rumor of... Actually, I don't know if it's a rumor or a fact, but uh, it's they're they're working on a new Toy Story uh, track There's in that building. There's construction walls up around yeah. it now. Yeah, they're working on a, a, a third track for That's a story. third year in a row. It's in a different place, too, right? Because it, w- it was originally by, like, Rock and Roller Coaster. And yeah. And last year it was in that soundstage one, and this year it's at the back lot or wherever. It's, it's near the back lot tour. I don't know if it's near Light Motors Action or where they're – or if they're – they might, you know, they might put it in the, the theater back there. I'm not sure. Um, and each night a Summon the Force celebration will take place, including – Symphony in the Stars fireworks. So mm. that's going to be every night. It's always so good. Yes. I love it when the studios does fireworks. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. They do a really good job. Um, I mean, Disney in general does a great job of fireworks, yeah. but, but those studios, are particularly good. Yeah, they feel, I don't know what it is. They Different. Feel, right. More special. It seems, <laughs> more, they're never done. it seems more intimate, like you're, it's, you're sort of all together and here's these fireworks going on. Um, and we also have an updated uh, list of all of the characters that will appear during the weekends. Um, you can go to the uh, show notes page, and we'll have a, a link to this information, um, so you can keep track of everything that's going on with Star Wars weekends, and that starts starts this May. And so check it out. Awesome. Thank you, Dustin. All right. Craig Orr. Okay, mine is very rapid. Uh, Jared Mariyama, the... Uh, creator of hipster mickey artwork uh and some other stuff for disney is going to be coming on march 6th and 7th to florida for his first time as an artist uh and he's going to be at the marketplace co-op where they are either calling they're either putting in a new bigger section for the wonderground gallery or they're just re I, I don't know. They already have that one stand inside the co-op when you first walk in that is called the Wonderground Gallery, but it is like about six feet tall and yeah. has maybe ten pieces of artwork on it. So I don't know if they're expanding that section or what, but he's going to be here and uh, signing his new work that he has coming out. I love the hipster Mickey uh, imagery. He's he's done a couple of them now. And, he's uh, done about eight to yeah. ten now. So it's, a couple of them, yeah. you know. And he does other... they defined a couple, thank God. And he has other style of artwork as well. It's uh, it, it's more illustration stuff, stuff that would uh, look more kind of comic booky, and oh, yeah. he's got an interesting style. So I, I definitely want, if I have the chance, I want to go see him at the, the co-op. Yeah. I think that would be cool. He'll be there from one to three thirty, I believe. Uh, I found a link for it on his his personal website, but then it was taken down, so I don't know if he wasn't allowed to announce it and had to retract it or what. But so I can link. find out any more. Yeah. I'll find it. But as of now, I don't know. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Um, before we go, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about the ticket price increase uh, that took place. We had talked about it last week in terms of the rumor that it was going up to $105 for a one-day ticket to the Magic Kingdom, and that they were also going to be removing the no-expiration option, which both of which happened. Uh, the point that I was trying to make last week, and I'm going to make again now, is that very few people buy the one-day ticket. I'm not saying no one does. Somebody on my Facebook page was offended that I said nobody buys the one-day ticket. Very few people do. And it's not what Disney wants to focus on. Disney doesn't want you to buy a one-day ticket. That one-day ticket, that price is designed to make the multi-day tickets look more attractive Mm -hmm. and feel like more of a deal. So, for example, and these are rough numbers, not exact numbers, a three-day ticket actually drives the price down to $92 a day. A four-day ticket drops the price down to $76 per day. A five-day ticket, $63 per day. A six-day ticket, $54 per day. And a seven-day ticket is $48 per day. And you'll notice how 
those prices get really appealing at five, six, and seven days because those are the days a lot of people usually will go to Universal. And we were talking about that last week, too, mm-hmm. how one of the reasons Disney did it like that was to discourage people from leaving property and going to Universal. It hasn't worked. It worked for a while, but then Harry Potter opened, and it stopped working. There's nothing you can do about it at that point. So, you know, I understand that for a, a certain group of people, the $105 increase, the increase to $105 is a, uh, is a problem. It, it's, it's prohibitive. But... Again, Disney is looking at the larger the larger audience, and that audience buys multi day tickets. They buy annual passes, and you know, honestly, for me, you know, I look at the cost of my annual pass and the number of times I go into the park, and it costs me about you know what, like ten bucks a day, twenty bucks a day. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, for you, mine, they lose money. Yes, they lose hundreds of dollars on me <laughs> by the time you figure in parking. So I can't complain when they raise the price on an annual pass. I also look at it, if you compare this to a sports ticket, to a sporting event, or a Broadway show, Mm -hmm. it's actually less expensive. In terms of the entertainment value that you get. The entertainment possibilities. Exactly. My biggest issue is doing away with the no expiration option. Because what I would tell people, especially Mm -hmm. Florida residents who couldn't afford an annual pass, I would tell them, listen, invest in that five-day ticket, get the no expiration option. You can go twice this year, twice next year. This gives you the opportunity to sort of spread it out. There are people now who will not go to Disney because Mm -hmm. of it, and it makes me sad. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. I'm surprised at that, but I think because they don't want people hedging against inflation by buying the no expiration option is the reason they took it away. And uh, yeah, that makes me sad too. It That's... does. It does. I, I was sad to see that go, but I uh, I don't have a problem. You know, with they're not going to raise the price if the market's not going to bear it, and that's just capitalism. That's capitalism in its purest form. The price is going to go up based on what the market will bear. And when the market stops bearing that price, they will lower it. The issue I have is the experience you get once you buy that ticket and walk into the park, which comes back to the cranes, the construction walls, the cleanliness of the streets and the bathrooms, the competence, friendliness of the cast members, which I have to say on Sunday we ran into just a lot of really friendly cast members. Um, I also have to say, I went into the sunglass hut that opened up in Adventureland. And you know what? If you're an annual pass holder, you're getting 10% off. If you're an annual pass holder and a DVC member, you're getting 20% off. And they're the same prices for those glasses as you would find in any other sunglass hut. And they had a great selection. They had some glasses I haven't seen before. I actually bought some. And so, and they were, they were really wonderful and helpful and, you know. A lot of those brands you don't find on sale at other places also. Correct. It's hard to find Ray-Bans at a discount. They're kind of the same price everywhere. Well, so I, I didn't 20- realize this Ray-Ban owns Sunglass Hut. Or vice versa. I can't or remember. Or one or the other. But yeah, they're part of the well, same Well, they're all company. part of Luxottica. Yeah, there you oh, go. Okay. Luxottica. So I, I didn't know that. Oliver Peoples is, all, is part of it as well. They've got some nice Oliver Peoples glasses in there, too. It's my favorite. I know. It didn't ruin your experience because there was a sunglass hut in Adventureland? You know, it. It did, I'm not going to say ruined my experience. It still feels out of place. It's jarring. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, isn't it? But no, it's kind of tucked back. It's not obnoxious. Um, but, you know, obviously, if it did jar my experience, it didn't prevent me from buying two pairs of sunglasses while I was in there. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, but I thought, you know, it very friendly. The, the, the cast members working there were very friendly. We just came across a lot of overly friendly cast members, which was nice to see. You know, I should have asked uh, while we were there if they if they work directly as Disney cast members or if they work for uh, Luxottica. I, yeah, you know, I didn't need to sure. ask that either. I think it's funny that people are that upset about a sunglass hut in the Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney had a bra store on Main Street. <laughs> Walt Disney had a Hallmark store on Main Street. I don't. Yeah, I'm my my issue. My issue was when they put Starbucks in place of the Main Street Bakery, because that was iconic. You know, the the whatever was there before, which was that surf shop. Yeah. Hardly considered iconic. Um, it's when they're when they're, you know, p- 
you know, knocking down paradise and putting up a parking lot. That but I, this is this is age old. This is from the beginning of the park. Right. This no, is I mean, a new thing. It's not like all of a sudden no, they decided to put of, retail in the parks. It's the, always been there. The original, you know, Disneyland had nothing but outside retail right. venues up until a few years ago. Um, I have a and ring. I have a ring that I bought at the Jewel of Orleans back in 2000, which was an outside company that leased space. Had been there for many years. Uh, it was all estate jewelry. Didn't Julie buy jewelry there too? Jewelry. I remember her buying a really pretty piece. I I don't remember. I know she did a lot of window shopping there. Okay. I think she <laughs> it was bought one of my favorite too. stores. He's yeah. blacking out. He's yeah. erased it from his mind. No, she didn't buy anything. No. Well, maybe she told us about that when you weren't here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I believe that. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for me for this week. Coming up next. Dustin and the team are going to talk about building the perfect Disney theme park. So we hope you enjoyed the show. I'll see you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a good week. <laughs>